Good morning, and of course this is recorded, so also good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You're listening to Faith in a Changing World, and I'd like to take this first episode to clarify a few points about this podcast. First and foremost is that it is interfaith. Now, I do have my own beliefs and convictions, and they do inform my opinions, but they're not the focus. And I'm not going to be outlining what I believe when it comes to faith. At least that's not my intention. Rather, I've seen that a lot of people who grew up religious, regardless of whether they continue the faith of their fathers tend to enjoy having religion and spirituality as a part of their lives. And I do think religion is valuable. I do think having religious and spiritual experiences adds a poignant and worthwhile dimension to the human experience. And I'd very much like to debunk the myth that Religion and modernity are mutually exclusive. I think we can be part of the modern world. We can adhere to scientific consensus. And can always seek truth in all things. And avoid being misled while being religious. While having faith. While having spiritual experiences. Because religion is a global phenomenon. There is something to it which draws our species towards it. In the same way that all over the world, going back thousands and thousands of years, you can find art. And in fact, the history of religion and the history of art are very much intertwined insofar as there's something special that our species does. There's something unique to humans. Well, so far as I can tell, maybe maybe orangutans have faith. I've heard rumors about that, but there's also an old myth that orangutans can talk, but they don't because around humans because they know we'd make them work. Which I think is very funny, and Uh, (laughs) at least true in sentiment, because we would. But more broadly, I want to have conversations about faith. Like, I'd, I'd rather this be conversational rather than a prepared remarks sort of podcast. So, mostly, I'm just going to be speaking into a microphone. I'll add background music. I'll make background music, actually. Because I know how to do that, and I'm very, very happy with being able to do that with some level of competency. But as may be apparent from the last minute or two, I'm naturally long-winded, at least when I'm speaking. And in fact, that's probably why I'm so succinct when I write. But I also like to wander... I like to explore ideas and sort of see what I can turn up 
without worrying about walking down the wrong path for a few meters or so. So this podcast is for people of faith, of any faith, and even of no faith. Because what I'd like to focus on is why it's so important to me. What do I get out of faith? What is it? Why is it a valuable thing? And I feel very strongly about that. So why do I feel very strongly about that? And I do think it can be valuable for anyone. And on a similar note, I know myself and how I work. And if I do want to have these conversations and put this out there, because I do think it is important, especially right now, to discuss faith, the idea of divinity, what that means to us, what we can get out of it, what we do get out of it, I want to make sure that I'm removing as many barriers to me putting out podcasts as possible. And as I am otherwise quite busy, (laughs) I know that if I were to take the route of planning very deeply and being a real perfectionist as I am inclined to do, I just won't do it. I just won't put out any podcasts. And I... I think it's a worthwhile trade to prefer to be extant and imperfect than theoretically perfect and never done. So since this is a very broad discussion of faith, and I really, really would like anyone to feel like they're part of the conversation, where it doesn't matter what you worship, how you worship, what religion are you, how you identify, whatever. But in order to have that conversation with everyone who's of faith, it will be an abstract conversation to a certain extent, and almost secular in the sense that I'm going to be taking something of a sociological, philosophical, postmodern approach, which can be summed up in, uh, as Nietzsche put it, that the question of religion is not truth, but does it inspire? Now, that notion of truth is pertinent to the conversation. It shouldn't be dismissed. But the way we're dealing with it is what's causing these traditions that we hold so dear, that mean so much to us, to become outmoded. Is an inability to adapt. Because what a lot of people get out of their faith is certainty. We as humans, we like certainty. We like knowing what's going on. And in that certainty is safety, security, or at least the feeling of safety and security. And that's why people 
are very sensitive about having their faith challenged or what seems to be necessary truths to have their faith because it's not a challenge of opinion it's not even just a challenge of worldview but it's a challenge to that sense of certainty and security and in this I I <laughs> to bring up Nietzsche again I see the answer to the problem of what he called European nihilism or what I might call the uncertainty of modernity, where in shifting from finding truth in scripture to science, we go from having knowledge that comes from the divine to knowledge that comes from us. Humans, all too humans, right? And that can be difficult to square. And I think this problem is exacerbated by literalism, by conflating spiritual truths to physical truths, of saying that a particular interpretation of the divine, of spirit, of a holy book, is the definite answer, and if it contrasts with what science has to say, then science must be wrong. But keep in mind that there are religions all over the world. There are neo-religious movements still developing. While the conclusions we reach, the interpretations we have, may differ, fundamentally, there's the same mechanism at play. We have a word for it. It is an experience, a spiritual experience, a religious experience that we have faith in something, quite often something metaphysical, and with that we find strength and certainty and inspiration. So I'm very much against the idea of one truth, of something that is known, that can be known, that is a fixed position, when really science and the gathering of knowledge is a collaborative activity, it's provisional. And to think that some truth is given, that there is a definite answer, it very often blinds people to possible advances. Interpretations that work better to explain the evidence. For example, uh, Max Planck very openly rejected the quantum world that one could argue he discovered in his paper on black body radiation and the idea of quanta. Einstein rejected Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, saying God does not play dice. And he also rejected the anti-realist Copenhagen interpretation of wave-particle duality saying, I prefer to think that the moon does not cease to exist when I am not looking at it. Which is an obvious conflation of the microscopic and macroscopic. What we're discussing there is so minute, it does not translate the things we can see in front of us. So when it comes to religion, 
I much prefer the mindset that's present with an alternative spirituality. And that being the idea of paths. Where you and I, we might be walking different paths, different traditions, different interpretations of what divinity is, what we believe, but we are still walking towards the light. We still have the same goals and are experiencing, or excuse me, are having commensurable experiences. And once again, I am going to quote Nietzsche, that we are at sea. Not only have we burnt the bridges behind us, but have destroyed the land itself, and there are no stars above to guide us. And it's really fascinating that hearing the experiences of someone who has been, uh, the specific example I have in mind is an evangelical Christian, Rhett McLaughlin, comparing the experience of no of deconverting to being on a ship, the sturdy vessel of Christianity, and then jumping into the inky black sea. But this worry of instability, uncertainty, European nihilism, the infinite resignation, I believe there's a dot not being connected. Now, in the work of Albert Camus, He defines what the absurd is as that gap in between the human desire for meaning and certainty and all these things that we talk about and get out of our faith versus what science has shown us about a cold and indifferent universe. So then it becomes a matter of the right application, of the right means to the right ends, and recognizing that we interpret things on different wavelengths. When I look at a sunset, if I try to interpret that from a scientific standpoint, I would think about light and refraction. From an aesthetic standpoint, I would think about that in terms of color theory. But I can also think of that in terms of the spiritual, of the beauty implicit in existence. You can have a spiritual experience looking at a sunset, and that is not mutually exclusive with understanding what it is scientifically, what it is aesthetically. These are only different ways of thinking about it. They're different perspectives we can take. They do not cancel each other out. And we can widen this standpoint. It is not that modernity and spirituality or religion are mutually exclusive. Rather, the progress of our species, the evolution of our culture, demands for us to reconsider how we are religious, how we approach these ideas, 
What is the nature of faith? What is the nature of God? What do we mean when we talk about God, divinity, spirit? And we can't let ourselves be ruled by fear and blatant thuggery. There's this refrain that people like to spring out when someone tries to have this conversation to say that the roles are being reversed. That instead of serving God, we're expecting God to serve us. But if our faith is not having a beneficial effect on our lives, the only reason we shouldn't reconsider how we're going about it is fear. Fear is the mind killer. When I go through a period of crisis, when I have a crisis of faith, I don't blame myself. I re-examine how my faith is working. Because it's not. If I'm unable to get that comfort and security and feeling of being in tune with this, this thing that I'm doing, existing, experiencing, being part of the world. Well, I, I treat it the same way if I had a website that wasn't doing what I needed it to. I take it down, I reassess, and then reapproach it. And that's not making God serve you. What that is, is recognizing that the reason we find our faith so indispensable is that it facilitates a connection with existence. It's a way for us to, as Joseph Campbell would put it, draw a, a window around nothing so we know where to look. We are limited in our lifetimes, in our knowledge, in our abilities, and the human condition is the question of how to come to terms with that, how to deal with that. And as much as I like existentialist philosophy, it's not practicable. It's not something you can just apply to your daily life. But that is something that faith can and does accomplish regularly, every day, reliably. Asterisk. So by re-examining our faith, we can build something that stays with us and keeps up with us and the world and allows us to grow and learn and see the advances and discoveries of science not as a challenge, but as something beautiful and profound in itself. That understanding the movements of the universe is a glimpse at the movements of God. Further, and this is common to every faith I'm aware of, is love, compassion, kindness, goodwill to our fellow man or woman. And as someone who tries to keep up with what's going on in the world, and fundamentally, my politics are built around 
a very simple thing that I want everyone to be okay. I like humans. I think we're cool. I don't want anyone to be suffering. And the perfect world to me is one where we can just hang out and enjoy each other's company and make art and make things and just see what this is about. Explore what it is to be a human. Now, again, as someone who tries to keep up with current events, current culture, I can find myself getting discouraged. This feeling of of hopelessness or helplessness sets in. And that, that too, is faith. Or calls for faith. Because if I want to keep going, keep fighting for the dignity and the well-being of my fellow creatures, well, I can't quite do it alone, can I? I have to have faith in us. That we as a species can come together and look after each other. I have to have faith that the world can get better. That we can build days that are brighter and that it is possible for us to find peace and understanding across this beautiful planet of ours and that also requires faith in myself that I can handle it that I can make a difference that I am in fact actually committed to improving the lives of those around me. And now, of course, we'll be delving into all of these things. And also, I'm going to take the opportunity in different episodes just to talk about what I've been reading, what I've been thinking about. I'd rather not worry about scheduling, because I find that to be a complicating variable, in that while having a deadline does motivate me, I also don't want to talk just because I feel like I need to meet some deadline I've set for myself or whatever else. I'm not willing to risk uh, sort of the situations that would be incentivized by doing this with a schedule. But I hope I've given a good enough idea of where my head is, what I'm thinking about, what this project is and sort of the ideas I'm going to explore. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join me again.